0: Hello, world. Again, welcome to the next episode of Expect to Win. I am your host, Lamar Thomas. I have a very special friend with me today. Um, I met this gentleman at a conference um, at the uh, National At-Risk Youth Conference. Um, I saw him in action. I went to a, a session of his. Um, and from that point, I liked this energy. Um, and then some kind of way, we ended up just being together and being in the same room. Um, I think we, we kind of broke bread together and just kind of hung around. And I'm telling you, I know for a fact that this guy is going to do something special today on this podcast because he does something special every day in his life. I think he really gets out and does his best to, to do something for the world. But I have no other than the award-winning speaker, author, now educator, I think he teaches in college, uh, Mr. Patrick Phillips. As a matter of fact, his title is The Change Agent. Um, you know, and I know I didn't give all of his, his rewards and, and accolades in that introduction. I want to say something for him. But Mr. Patrick Phillips, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, man. My goodness. I think that might have been the best introduction <laughs> I've had my whole life. My God. I was like, I'm sitting over here basking. Nah, but uh, I, I, really, I really appreciate uh, the time to, to be able to speak with you. Um, anytime I get a chance to do these type of collaborative efforts, it, it's always a plus for me because, um, in my opinion, it's all about collaboration, but then just that positivity. Every day, we're bombarded with negativity, man. You look on social media, you you, you look at the TV station, just, just too much negativity. And anytime I get to participate in a platform where it's positivity, upliftment, I'm there. I'm there.
1: And it's always great when you have you know, young men, especially young black men that are out doing things for the community and motivating uh, and going over and beyond, because I know you have a full-time job of family and you still found time to write a book, correct? You just had another one that come out, right?
0: Yes, brother. Um, I just released, I think this is my fifth or sixth book. I'm very excited about this one. This is actually my first book for adults. And the title of it is Don't Just Love Your Son, Raise Him. 15 Thought-Provoking Questions for Single Moms Raising Sons. And um, how that book came about, brother, is, uh, as you mentioned, I'm an educator, and a lot of the work that I've always done has been with young people. I've written books for young men, uh, uh, Decisions, A young Man's Guide to Avoiding the Traps, uh, Change, One-on-One, Average is Crowded, um, The Intentional Student, 17 Strategies to Survive and Thrive in College from Day One. So I did a lot of work with mentoring and working with the kids and the youth. But as I was teaching, my social work background kicked in to me, which is, you know, one of the main principles of social work is holistic approaches to everything. And what that means is if if I'm trying to work with a young person, I can't just work with them. I got to work with the whole ecosystem. You know, I got to work with the family. I got to work with the parents. So if I'm motivating these kids and trying to inspire these kids, if I'm not somehow reaching that parent then it's almost like fixing, you know, uh, one leg on the stool and the other leg is still loose. You know, it might right. be a bit more stable, but it's still going to be unstable. So w- w- with the with the latest book, brother, it's a book that I wrote for single moms um, because a lot of our youth um, are being raised in single-family homes, especially minority children. And I wanted to provide those moms with some practical tools and strategies so that their young men can be successful. And the way I did it, man, I used the Socratic method where each chapter is a question. And um, along with that, there's engaging activities and then also, um, you know, book recommendations and things like that. Um, let me give you a couple of the chapter titles, man, if I could. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. One of them is, uh, are you preparing your son to live outside your home? Um, another question, I'm trying to find one of the ones that people really like here. um, that one of the ones with people, caught people's attention, I said, do you love your son more than your ex? Um, that, that's wow. got a lot of feedback. Man, I'm telling you, like that one there, <laughs> it, wow. it's got people talking. Um, let me see another one here that people uh, really like. This was a good one, too. People say, uh, does your son know how to express himself emotionally? Um, but just just a lot of different questions, man, uh, for the mom, and uh, we just delve into it from that point.
1: It takes people like you that's going to actually be out there and be an advocate for the parents and, and the families and create that stability and foundation. So it's really great for the things that you're doing for those families.
0: There's something that was really important there. When you talk about, you know, the, the stability of the family and it, as much as possible. And, you know, I think that that's so important because in some ways we, we wonder why we'll say like, why do the youth act like this or why are they not focused in school? And, um, you know, there, there's this quote. I really like this quote, man. It said that it. We're all familiar with that quote that says that it takes a village to raise a child. But then somebody said that what if the village is sick? You know what I'm saying? So I wow. feel like that's what's happening a lot in, in too many communities. Is that the village is sick, brother? And then we're we're expecting our young people to be great, but they're not seeing it, and we're not putting them in a position. Um, and exposing them to different things so that they can maximize their full potential. And it, and it makes you question, you know, who's really at fault? Should we really be mad at these kids or should we be mad at ourselves? You know what I'm saying?
1: Right. And
0: uh, that that was one of the things that I, I talk about in one of the chapters in the book was that um, I'm trying to remember the, the actual t- title name, but I was talking about how um, in one of the parts of, of Atlanta, where uh I exit the freeway to 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 get to my college that I work at, you know I pass this part of Atlanta and it used to boast robust it used to boast a robust african American community and Now you drive by there, you just see a lot of guys standing on the corner you you see a lot of liquor stores and things like that and you know when you look at those people, we look at them now and we say, "Ooh, why are they standing out here nursing those brown bags with their alcoholic beverages? Why are they asking me for change?" But, you know, at some point that was a child that had dreams and aspirations, but somehow they got left behind. And now we're we're looking at a shell of who they could have been,
1: you know, that's crazy how I've used that example when when speaking to teachers that, you know, you see those individuals as grownups and and we uh, prejudge them. But every day we have an opportunity to impact someone so that they don't end up that way. Uh, And I know sometimes it gets difficult and we think that the kids are not listening, but I promise you there's some things that we are planting and there's some things that people like you are planting that these kids hold on to. And and if we keep pushing, I promise it, it will work. I also know that we could be an example because you, you are like me. So I think you were raised similar to me, you know, you know, we didn't have much, you know, but we was able to make a few choices uh, and, and and change our direction, and that put us in position to, to go back and help other people. But we could have very easily been that person standing on the corner. So we come from those type of backgrounds, so we try to use that as a model and use that as an example uh, for these kids to see that you can make it out.
0: Yeah, and, and you know what, what? What a lot of people don't understand is they'll compliment you, oh, master's degree, working on your doctorate, written six books speak nationally, but people don't understand, and they find it hard to believe, that where I came from. You know, I grew up in South Central Los Angeles, single-family home, food stamps, Section 8, didn't go to the greatest schools. Um, You know, when I graduated high school, brother, I remember I was accepted into several colleges and universities, went to a college, a two-year college instead of the universities because I didn't have the confidence that I was smart enough to even go to a a four-year college. So I'm, I know exactly what you mean when you when, when you have those young people in those situations, and that's one of the reasons why. Like I'm proud to say that at every school that I ever taught at, I created a mentor group because to me, uh, exposure is such an important piece to these young people being successful, and and really the mentoring group. Just, just as a side note, because I, I like to tell people this all the time, young people. But you know, I'm, I'm sure this might help some of your audience as well. People often say, like, how did you start writing and how did you start speaking? And I tell them it happened by accident. And they give me a look and they say, how do you become a speaker and an author by accident? And I explain to them that I became a speaker because I had a mentor group, and I was standing in front of my mentor group on Saturdays, and I think once a week we would meet after school, and we would just talk about different things. We bring guests, guests in. We would have fathers come in and. And, and we would just do a lot of different things, tie time activities and things like that. And then one day somebody said, hey, man, will you talk to my mentor group? And I was so green, man, that I said, what do you want me to talk to them about? And they was like, well, talk to them about whatever you talk to your mentor group about. And that's how it all started. And I like to tell young people and just people in general that you will find your gift and your passion when you do more than what's expected. And a lot of people miss out on discovering, like, why they're here what their gifts and passions are because it's disguised as hard work. Oh, I don't want to do that. I mean, I, I don't get paid to do that. That's not in my job description. Or that's above my pay grade. Or, you know, they they don't pay me to stay after to do that. and Or just a lot of different, you know, reasons why we don't do different things or do go the extra mile, but what you don't realize is that you may be missing out. And I know for a fact that if I didn't have that mentor group, you know, I wouldn't be doing the things I'm doing now. Right. Another thing, man, I know that, you know, I got a style and, um, you know, when you start talking about this is what I want to do for these kids, this and that, you know, and you be, I be trying not to go off, you know, I try not to be that, that type of principal, but, you know, when they make that comment, well, am I going to get paid for that? Man, that just kind of, you know, that just kind of hit a nerve for me sometimes, right? and, you know, and I respectfully, but I do have to try to put that person in his place you know, sometimes you've got to go ahead and give, and then I think you'll be rewarded on the backside of it. Yeah. And and there's two things I want to say about that because my college students are so bad at that. I'll, I'll say, hey, guys, um, I found out about this great community event. that might be great for networking for you. Check it out. Are we going to get credit for it? And I say, God, <laughs> life is not all about getting credit. It's not all about getting a grade. There might be somebody there that can give you an internship. And you're going to miss out on it because Professor Phillips didn't give you a grade to go to something that could benefit you. And um, it's it's crazy, man. And, and it's like I think it's a mentality to get started earlier on um, because, you know, we, we, you know it, we're teaching the kids that it's almost like I got to get something in return for it instead of realizing that sometimes it's good just to do things and don't expect anything in return. Um, and then, you know, even the second thing that I was thinking about what you were saying about um, – the teacher said, hey, do I get paid for that, is I think sometimes, brother, I think sometimes teachers, um, and I, I, I'll be honest, this happened to me, you forget why you joined the profession, you know. Right. And, and, and I say that not to roast nobody because I did myself. Like sometimes you get so wrapped up in the day-to-day, you lesson plans, grades, behavior problems, parent-teacher conferences, got to call the parents, document everything. That, that sometimes it's so overwhelming that you forget why you joined the profession. And, and sometimes we got to, you know, put our things and And that's why I think podcasts like this and what you're doing is so important. You know, Zig Ziglar said something funny, one of my favorite quotes. You know, Zig Ziglar, you know, National renowned Speaker, he's he passed away yeah. now. But he said something to the effect, and, and I'm paraphrasing, so don't judge me if I get it wrong. I and you. You know, somebody said that um, motivation doesn't last. And then Zig Ziglar said, well, neither does bathing. That's why we do it every day. And sometimes we got to constantly put ourselves in a situation where we're getting replenished. Whether it's shows like yours, this podcast, YouTube videos, training, going in different things. You know, those kind of things are so integral to the profession and just keeping that fire and that desire.
1: Change directions a little bit. You know, what what can you tell that young person or that teacher that may be out there that's, that's in that gray area that, that may be struggling, that things are just not going the way they want them to go. What what can you actually tell them?
0: I'll be honest. First thing I want to tell them what you're going through is normal. You know, sometimes we, when we think we're going through something, we start to question, did I choose the wrong profession? Is this normal? Do other people go through this? And the fact of the matter is every every teacher at some point gets tired, and they may say, hey, is this what I really wanted to do or this is not what I expected. Uh, so the the first thing is just acknowledge that, that that that's normal. And then I would say the second thing is most people that got into education, I would say the vast majority of them got in it for the right reason, but sometimes you just have to relight that fire. and And sometimes doing that is getting away from people that are so pessimistic all the time. We all have those people that we know that are just pessimistic for no reason. You know, you can say, "Man, it's a beautiful day outside," but you know it's raining tomorrow, and it's like, yeah. "Man, what does that got to do with right now?" And, and sometimes every school has those pockets of teachers, and it might just be one or two in the building, maybe three, where all they do is complain. You know, they go in the teacher, uh, the teacher uh, restroom or whatever, and they not restroom, but the, the break area, yeah. and they just complain, "Oh, Johnny, such and such, or uh, jo- uh, Susie, this and this," and You know, instead of what can we do to collaborate, what can we do to kind of help the situation? And sometimes when you're hanging around those kind of people, you start to take on their personalities and their mindset. So I think the second thing would be to be mindful uh, who you're maybe who you're associating yourself with. And then, you know, the third thing I would say is definitely trying to find different things to replenish you. You know, somebody said this to me a while back and and it stuck with me. It said they said that nobody ever asks a lion if he's okay. And and sometimes you know as a teacher we're the lions like we out here getting down, but and nobody sometimes they don't question are we okay so sometimes you have to be that teacher that's helping another teacher out by just simply saying hey are you good are you all right um, is there is there anything I can help you out with you going through anything uh, let me let me try to give you some ideas some things that that have worked for me in the past you know those kind of things we have to be each other's support system and be there for each other and help each other find solutions to the problems that we may be having so that people just don't feel burnt out and feel alone and uh, just get in that rut and get stuck in the rut. You know, it's okay to get in the rut, but I need you to get out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to get out. You got to see it. Yeah. Um, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch gears a little bit, though, just, you know, we, we've we hit on that a little bit. But I want you to help me um, along and along just like me, man, somebody – that may have a, a a dream of writing a book, you know, or somebody may have a dream of telling a story or, or you know, just doing some of the things that you've been able to accomplish, um, what kind of advice would you give somebody like me uh, that, you know, that, that struggles sometimes sitting down and, and, and achieving, you know, that dream that I'm thinking of? Yeah. Um, the first thing is I would say um, there is no such thing as a right time. Um, I think a lot of people don't start stuff because they always say, well, the time isn't right. And my question is, when has the time ever been right for anything in life? Um, it's never going to be perfect. You're never going to have enough time. You're never going to have enough resources. And and life is really not about um, how many resources you have. It's more so about how resourceful are you. Uh, so that's the first thing I would say. The second thing is you're never too young or too late to start. Um, my seven-year-old son, man, has authored three children's books. He's seven. Uh, wow. But you're the first. you are the first person that's not family that knows about his third book, which is dropping in two days. Um, but his his book series, The Adventures of Little Jam, um, is available, which is available on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that. Um, we started writing the book, man, and, and he was only, he was six years old when he wrote his first book. And it came about from, our experience of learning, trying to learn how to skateboard and falling and getting hurt and wanting to quit. So his first book is about that relationship between the father and the son, perseverance and grit. So the the, the first thing I would say to somebody is get started now somehow, some way. And some people might say, well, I don't know how to start writing a book. Outline it. Outline it. Okay, I have seven chapters in this book. Okay, give me some boiling points for Chapter 1. What we writing in Chapter 1? What are we writing in chapter two? What are we trying to accomplish? The, the third thing I would say, whatever it is that you're trying to do, whether it's writing a book or you're thinking about, you know, doing a Shea Butter line or you thinking about making jewelry, is to give yourself a certain amount of time every day to do that. A lot some time. I don't care if it's 15 minutes. I don't care if it's 30 minutes. A lot some time for you to do that thing. You know, when I wrote my first book, I used to put my son in the bed. Uh, kiss the wife on the forehead And then some nights I would stay until about One in the morning working on the book That was my thing When the house was quiet and empty I started I started working on the, on the book You know, so finding that time I, I would say the next thing is You're going to have to make a sacrifice um, And what I mean by that is In order to fit something new into your life Something has to be sacrificed You might have to let go of Sunday night football Sunday right. or Monday night football or it's all-day Sunday football, even though we probably shouldn't be watching anyway. But that's political. I'll let that go. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm going to keep it moving. I ain't going yeah. to go down that one. Um, all right. But, but, but sacrifices, right? So you might have to lose a little sleep. You might got to get up earlier, get up an hour earlier before you normally do so you can work on your thing. You might have to go to bed an hour later so you can work on your thing. So I would say that sacrifice piece. And then, uh, man, just, just listen to people that can motivate you and inspire you. Follow people on social media that that are that, that are doing what you want to do, that inspire you. You know, because you log in and you see them moving and shaking, you I'm like, man, I got to get to moving and shaking. You know, you right. won't feel comfortable with that mediocrity. So, you know, those are a couple of the things that I would say. Uh, hey, that, that's a lot. I think that I know was pretty good. Um, now, you know, with, through all that, I mean, you did mention that you're a family man too. So, how do you blend, you know, all the the the, the chasing that you're doing? You know, I know that it's tough. You know what you're doing, you bear a lot teaching and getting on the road and writing books. You know, how do you how do you blend all that together and still have time to to be a great husband, great you know father to your son and and have some leisure activities in there? Yeah, brother. Like to be honest, I always. <clears throat> I always try to keep the end game in mind um, because it it can get tiring, man, because you you get getting pulled in so many different directions. But, you know, growing up myself, single-family home, and and just, you know, kind of struggling, I don't want that no more, you know. Um, And I don't want that for my son. And I I, I want to put him in a better position. I want him to be able to have things that I didn't have access to. When I say have things, I'm not talking about I want him to have J's on his feet. And 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 you know a hundred dollar t shirt on his back. I'm talking about. I want him to have experiences and opportunities that I didn't get a chance to have. Um, so I, I'm always thinking with the end game in mind. So and so that helps me when it's when I'm tired and I don't feel like I keep going. I gotta say, hey, you know what? I gotta push through. Um, the other thing is any any success that I'm having, man, all it's doing is helping maybe to uplift the family. Um, right. So. You know, that, that, that makes a world of difference too and then just just finding ways to mix and match things. You know? Like right. for example, when my son and I sit down and write books together, his children's books, and we're helping I'm helping him write the books and and, and we're going over ideas and you know, he's jotting down the facts that he wants in his book. Like his, his book that's coming out um in a couple of days, it's a, um all of the facts about the din it's his book is about dinosaurs. But all of the facts about the dinosaurs, he did that research himself. Every fact about the dinosaurs in the book, he did the research all by himself. And then after he did that, we kind of craft the story. But, you see, I'm killing two birds with one stone. We're spending quality time together, father, son, and we're getting that book done. You see what I'm saying? So what you do is you learn to combine different things, right? So we ride our bikes together. We skateboard together. I'm exercising and we're spending time with the family. So, yeah. we, when you're an entrepreneur and you got a lot of things going on, you have to find a way to be. I'm
1: with you. Um, you know, I, I have that eight year old, and, you know, and I try to take him around with me sometimes when I'm picking up and putting out the bounce houses. Um, but, you know, you could possibly help me. And I know some people like me that have young men. You know, how do you balance. Um, you know, making him a strong man by also still kind of spoiling him a little bit, giving him all the things that you didn't have when you were young.
0: Man, that's that's a deep question. I, I love that you bring your your boy out there with you, man, because they got to see that grind. They they have to see that. Look, dad is out here putting in work. Not only is he is he a, a principal and an educator, but he has his own thing going on as well, something that he could pass down. So I think I think that's really dope that you that you bring your son out there so he can see what that's all about, you know, creating that legacy. But I'm with you 100 percent in that you don't want to spoil them, give them every single thing that they want on the planet, but you definitely want to expose them to different things that you didn't have. And um, you know, I've, I've I've never, to be honest about it, really been a material a materialistic person because I just never. Uh, you know, not growing. I'm not having a lot of things. In and even, like, I talk, of, I share this story in my in my, my new book or whatever. Like, when I got my first job, I was 14 years old. And, and in California, L.A., they used to have these summer rec programs so that um, kids would not get in trouble in the summer because they'd be working. Right. And I had my first job. And uh, I gave my mom $150 of my first check because so, I wanted a pair of Jordans because I had never had a pair of Jordans in my life. And she went out. She bought the Jordans, man. I came home. I was super excited, you know, walking around the house, barely walking hard, so I wouldn't crease the jays, because you know you didn't want no crease in the in the tip. And mm-hmm. uh, and my mom said, "Don't you wear those Jordans on the bus stop?" And I remember thinking to myself, like, what the heck is the point of buying jays if I can't wear them on the bus stop? So I said, "Man, when she go to work, I'm rocking these jays to work." And um, man, would you would you know that I went out there on that bus stop? I was on that bus stop for five minutes. And three grown men rolled up on me in the car, man, and tried to take my Jordans, man. And, um, they, they were in this old school bug beetle. And, you know, the old school bugs, they only have two doors. So one guy jumped out, he swung on me. The other guy was trying to push up the back seat and, to get out. And that, that gave me enough time to get away from the situation. But from that point, um, I never had a, I didn't, I never cared about Jays because, like every day, I think about that that opportunity. The guy got out and he swung on me, and I remember I hit him back. He missed me, and I I hit him back. But there was a lot of kids in LA that got killed over Jays. You know, they, right. they just got out and just shot him and took him. So it kind of made me not really be a very materialistic person like that because I, I looked at it and I'm like, man, like you know, people buying these crazy bags and expensive shoes and stuff like that. It just made me not really be all into those kind of things. You know, now my my son, I could get him different things, but, you know, he has some some nice things, but I'm more into what can I give you that's going to get a return on investment? You know, those Jordans, he's going to outgrow those. Right. That video game console, that's going to get old. So what can I do that, that's going to always be giving you some type of return on investment? And that's just what I try to think about when it comes down to giving my, my son stuff is just going to give me a return on my investment of buying it or paying for it or, or whatever it is, you know?
1: Man, I just kind of wanted you to know that it's amazing that you could actually um, sit down with your son for that long of time um, and not be arguing and sit down for that long to write a book because I know if I take my son outside for five, ten minutes, try to work on dribbling or something like that, we, we, we done. We almost about to argue in a few minutes and, and for the fact that you've Wrote three books with your son. That's an amazing bun, man. Y'all don't even argue. I said didn't say
0: that we don't get into it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, because you're probably like, man, come on, write this thing, and he like, man, I want to go, you know, watch TV or something. He like, yeah. You know. yeah, he he's but, funny. You know what, man? He he normally gets into it, man, and and it's funny because it's like he needs to slow down and keep talking about new stuff he want to have, new books he want to have. But but you know, I, I definitely feel you on that, man. It's you know, it, it's a delicate balance, you know, as a father, you know, of being – like being the coach, you know, not pushing him too hard but then wanting him to, to do well, um, you know, those kind of things. It's it's a it's a delicate balance because I remember I, I uh, coached my son's basketball team at the YMCA. Um, one of the coaches had to um, – he, he couldn't finish out the season. So I ended up being like the de facto coach, and, and it was interesting, you know, coaching a team that my son is on. You know, uh, just you know the, the the dynamics. You know what I'm saying? Because as a coach, you know sometimes your kid will listen to the coach more than he will listen to you. So right. when, when you both, it just was an interesting kind of a funny, um, kind of a funny dynamic. But it, I learned a lot from doing that. I, I learned a lot from that experience too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Coaching, coaching does a does a lot. You know, and just me coaching versus this podcast. If somebody heard me um, talk to my team you know, on a regular basis. You know, I just start getting this this parent, this person, just start coming to the huddles at the end of practices. You know, want to hear, want to hear what I got to say. Um, yep. And they realize that we talk a, a lot about life, not just sport. You know, it ain't all about sport this and win and lose and win and lose. But, you know, this is just a, something that's doing your character that's going to help you in life. But yeah. I want to make sure that that I hold true to your time as well. And I know we get closer to the end. Um so I do want you to before you share your nugget, I want you to kinda of let the people know what you got coming up next. Next uh speaking engagement. Uh I know you mentioned a book coming. Uh what else you got that people may need to hear? Yeah, um I don't have my calendar in front of me, so I'm gonna go off the top of the head. Okay. <laughs> um I know that I have three radio interviews coming up um about the book. Um I also have uh my son has two book readings. Uh, coming up where he's uh, we partner with the library system where he's going to be reading his books. Um, I also have um, three speaking engagements this month as well uh, with some colleges doing some post-secondary education, work and planning. Uh, later in the year I have something that I'm doing with the military fraternity. They're having their national conference here in Atlanta, so I'll be the keynote, one of the keynotes at that. Um, what else do I have going on? Uh, I'm just trying to come off the top of the head. And I have a couple of other things that I'm trying to line up. I'm going to partner with a couple of YMCAs to um, do some of these workshops. I want to do a kind of like a TED Talk slash Oprah interview thing around right. my for single miles. I want to try to have a couple of those um, as well. So those are some of the things that I can. Re, I know that I have coming off just the top of my head. Um, but you know, like those kind of things, it, it's always good just to serve and just to be out there you know, make, you know having fun and, and making a difference, you know, because w- with my thing, it, it, it's not only me now. My son's stuff is growing. You know, today we just shot, uh, both of us shot a video today. You know, he shot his video for um, his new book, going to introduce his new book. I did one about my book, and then we did a couple other things. So uh, those are just some of the things coming up uh, for your viewers. If, if they're interested, I regularly upload, Stuff onto YouTube. I'm a content creator on there. I have almost 200 videos on YouTube. Uh, the YouTube channel is Mister Phillips, the Change Agent. Uh, but yeah, those are some of the things that I have coming up. Cool. What um, what's the if someone wanted to book you for a speaking engagement, how do they do that? Oh, appreciate that. Uh, people can just go to my website, and uh, it's www.mrmr and then Phillips, P H I L L I P S. The word TheChangeAgent.com. dot com. So www.MrPhillipsTheChangeAgent.com. dot dot com and I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at mister Phillips the Change Agent. Awesome. Uh now before you close it and uh give your nugget of the day, um, uh, I want to where did you come up with the name the change agent? <laughs> Man, I, uh my my background is in social work even though I, I later on I became a certified teacher. Um I got my bachelors and masters in social work. And um when I was when I decided that I wanted to pursue speaking professionally and I wanted it to do it more than just something I did here and there and wanted to take it more serious. I said, what do I call myself? Like who am I? What am I? And right. um you know a lot of people you would see them, hey, I'm such and such a motivator or I'm such and such this. And I was like, huh, motivation is is cool. I'm all about motivation, like Zig Ziglar said. But motivation, it, it, it does have like almost a temporary feel to it. And I was talking with a friend of mine who was in my social work program, and she said, look, social workers are change agents. We don't just motivate people. We are change agents. We help people look at life differently. We put services in place so people can change holistically. She said, we're change agents. And she said, why don't you call yourself Mr. Phillips, the change agent? And I said, wow, I like that. It was unique. It was different. And what's funny is what I'm starting to see, man, I've been calling myself Mr. Phillips, the change agent for like, I don't know, almost 10 years now. A lot of people now, I see the word change agent a lot now. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's like this buzzword. You know, it's like things have time, and it's like, I see people using change agent now all of a sudden, just like people use uh, other things. So it, it, that's how it came about. Okay. Oh, uh, man, that's that's pretty pretty good, man. One day uh, I may be able to get on your level, man. When I get get tired of doing all this coaching and extra stuff, I may have a little bit more time to write me a book and get out and, and spread me a word or two. Yeah, man. That's I, mean, I could you, do. Yeah, don't shortchange yourself. You out here getting it, man, because, you know, your ministry, your work, your art, You're doing it through the podcast. You know, everybody has their own way of doing the work. You know, some people speak. Some people write. Some people have podcasts. Some people do YouTube videos. You know, some people, you know, they just they like to serve and volunteer. You know, we need everybody. And, you know, through this, you know, you're doing the work, you're doing the ministry through this podcast because some people may not have time to sit down and read a book, but they got time to listen to your podcast. You know, so you're still doing your thing. You know, you're still making that impact. I appreciate it, man. Well, okay. Well, again, we're to get ready to close, so I'm going to let you, um, you know, there's somebody that's listening. You know, we're just going to give them that, that, that diamond, that jewel, that nugget that's going to help them get through the rest of the week. Um, so, you know, just whatever you got it ain't got to be super long, but, you know, just a nugget, man. Give somebody that nugget that's going to help them get through whatever it is, the storm that they're going through right now. Yeah, I'm going to give you one that's kind of like my motto and and kind of like how I live my life. And it it, it is, um, you don't have to be great to get started, but you do have to get started in order to be great. And um, great things have humble beginnings. And uh, I remember I saw a meme, and I actually saved it because I love it. And there's a picture of the the gentleman that started Amazon. And he's sitting, have you ever seen the picture?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. Go he
0: he's sitting in his in his garage, and he just has and he has a laptop and a desk, and a banner that says Amazon. That was it, in the garage of his house, a banner that said Amazon, a a, a desk and a computer, and that's how his company started. And now Amazon is probably one of the largest companies in the world, and it started oh, yeah. in the garage. Same thing with um, the brother that started Apple. It started in his garage, and uh, so great things happen from small things, whether you come from a background, single-family home, you come from an environment where, you know, people don't do those type of things or you're the first person in your family to go to school, graduate college, whether you're an educator and and you're you're wondering, hey, should I start this program at the school? I don't have a large budget to do it. Uh, Will I be able to serve a lot of people? Whatever the case may be, small things happen from great things, and, you know, you don't have to be great to get started. You you can start small, you know, get in where you fit in, like the old uh, saying says, and then just and just make it happen organically, and then things will just grow. So um, that, that's that's what I would say, and hopefully that you know that helps someone. Uh, oh man, it it, it it helped me. I'ma steal it. I don't stole it already. I'm using <laughs> that, man. Hey man, mm-hmm. what what are you creating in your garage? Uh, you know what what are you coming up with? You know, what I like you, that. I like what, that. What, what, what are you What are you coming up with now? Last year in 2018, you know my my motto on the podcast I always ended with uh, take advantage of two. That's T W O, and that stood for time, words, and opportunity. Because once they're gone, they're gone. You know, so you, you have to take advantage of your time, your words, and opportunity. That was 2018. All right, but this year, I'm saying you got to be obsessed with your opportunity. You know, when that opportunity come up, you have to be OCD about that opportunity in order for you to actually and truly make your dreams come true. So if you're listening and, and you want to lose weight, there's not something that you could just talk about. I think that if you if you get obsessed with having this beach body, then I think you'll meet it. You know, and and a lot of things, a lot of breakthroughs. So I'm saying these individuals that he spoke about by starting companies in their garage, you know, they was obsessed about it. You know, they didn't they didn't spot because it was cold in the garage. Uh, they didn't stop because it was hot in the garage. They didn't stop because they didn't have three billion sold the first week. They was obsessed with a dream and a passion that they had, and they kept doing it. And look what they birthed from that obsession. So I'm saying, what do you have in your garage? I like that. Hey, I I, I like <laughs> it. I'm gonna be using that too. Using, you know, I, I like it, man. I yeah, like man. it. What, what, what's in your garage, man? You know, hey, that lust part of the side part of the house that, you know what I'm saying, you just kind of put stuff in. You know, yeah. what what are you leaving out there that you could birth into something great? Wow, that's deep. I like that, man. Look, iron shopping is iron, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I like it, man. I'm using that man. I appreciate it. Right, that might okay. be my speech tomorrow morning to the kids. I might come in there early. What's in your garage? Hey, hey! don't use it, man, because you got to bring me up to your school. I might want to use it. Don't do that. Use it at another school. <laughs> I got you. I got you. But, man, it has been a privilege, man. you really taught me something, uh, gave me some, some more ammo to, to keep fighting in 2019. Um, anything I could do for you, again, I'm going to reach out to you a little later and, and try to get you down to the school. Uh, but I may have to call you back and get you back on the podcast after you and Jam, keep writing all these books. You know, I'm gonna have to get your back on so you can talk about the next books and talk about the the book tour, and you know, you've been invited to the Oprah show and all that stuff, man. I want to kind of follow you on some of that stuff. I know it's coming. Uh, oh so man, just, I appreciate that, I, yeah. and I and I accept that, man. And you know, really, with me, man, it's it's like everybody want to make money, man, but it's like I, I just I just hope that this stuff is able to help people, you know, um, especially like you know, with my son's stuff. It really, like even like when I was, and you 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 probably experienced this too, brother. When my son was young and I was trying to find books to read to him, it was hard to find books that would have black people in them. But even harder, brother, to find books where there was a dad in the book, man. Right. It was it was it was never a dad in the book, man. Like you, even even like the books with the the mama duck. Where the daddy duck at? You know, like and we don't even think about it. You 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 just kind of accept it. Um. So with me, man, it's like when I see his stuff and the stuff that I'm doing, and I see little black boys holding his book and how proud they, the look is on their face. Like that's what it is to me, man. That you know, like that. That's what it's all about to me, man. The, the change, you know, the the difference that hopefully that this stuff does for people. And um and and like I said, I want to thank you for the opportunity to to be on your show and and to speak with your audience. I want to thank you for being. Like, what did people say being obedient? Because I'm sure that you have been thinking about this podcast for a while and, and kind of was thinking about it, and then you finally decided you was going to do it because um, the, the ministry that you're doing through this thing, man, is uh, it, nothing to take lightly. Man, I appreciate that, man. And, and what I'm going to do, I'm thinking just educational-wise, you know, your son writing that book is promoting a whole other evolution of reading because reading, you know, reading and math is one of the, the critical areas, especially young, and I'm saying from a young black author is teaching young black boys to read, I mean, that's something that I think we all need to promote and push, you know what I'm saying? That's just something that's going to help his generation, you know what I'm saying? So he, he's already ahead of the game, and he's doing wonders uh, in what you're doing. So I'm just saying I, we probably need to get – probably going to mess up, and we don't get you, we get him, you know? So now you're <laughs> going to be in your feelings when we, everybody's starting to get your son, more than they get you. And I, and I'm gonna love it. So <laughs> as a dad, you know that that's what that's all I want, man. Because somebody said, "What would happen if your son outshines you?" And I wouldn't feel no kind of way, man. It it would make me happy because that's why I really do all this anyway. It would make me happy knowing that um, he's in a position to to succeed on his terms. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome, my man. I really enjoyed it. Uh, we got to touch bases, man. So uh, appreciate you coming in, everybody. Thank you for listening. I don't want to keep y'all too long. Expect to win. We expect to win all the time. So we got Mr. Phillips, the change agent. He's changing lives everywhere, and he expects you to win. Thank you. Peace. Appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. All right, man. Take care. Later.
1: Thank you for listening to the Expect to Win podcast. We would love your feedback to help us grow. You can reach out to us at expecttowin365 at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook at win, win, win. It will pull right up. We're also on Twitter. We appreciate your support. If you got us on podcast, go ahead and share us and like us um, and give us a few stars and let us know how we did. Thank you.